can't be top dog forever. Let me tell you, buddy, there's a faster gun coming over yonder when tomorrow comes. Let me tell you, buddy, and it won't be long till you find yourself singing your last cowboy song. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 49. And on the show today, we're going to be discussing Boy Erased, Widows, and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And joining me today, my two co-hosts, Travis. What's up? How's it going, man? Pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tom, how's it going, bud? It's going good. You know, uh, kind of fortuitous that this would be episode 49 and we would have watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, considering one of the vignettes featuring a 49er. I was like, where is he going with this? Okay, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was looking at Travis, waiting for him to... Catch on. I'm still nobody lost. Minor 49er. Ah, uh, gotcha. No. Yeah, that's where the that's where the team comes from. The 49ers. Well, I, yeah, I get that, but hmm? I went straight to football. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we are recording uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a, a lovely Thanksgiving? Um. Yeah, it was a pretty typical Thanksgiving, I'd say. Well, you were you were on double duty, right? You know, two Thanksgivings. Yep, and then we did a Thanksgiving today at Chelsea's dad's house. So oh, shit, three, three Thanksgivings, three in, dude. A lot of driving for staying around the city. Right, about 150 miles round trip, going up to like Everett, down to like South Prairie area, and then back to both families, back yep. to Seattle. Yeah, traffic wasn't as bad as I thought, though. It was fine, though. Mm-hmm. And Tom, as I. Do you have an interesting uh, Thanksgiving story? Because I know uh, the setting was uh, was uh, quite majestic, I hear. Oh, yeah. We had Friendsgiving at this kick-ass mansion on top of Queen Anne. Oh, fancy. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a mansion. It's just a huge house on Queen Anne, which might as well be a mansion. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it was cool. I made my first chicken, uh, cooked a whole chicken, and realized that the reason I have never done that before is because a whole chicken... Raw is like ten bucks. You know how much a rotisserie chicken costs? Like, like six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> pre cooked, pre seasoned. Anyway, my chicken turned out pretty good, but we weren't planning on doing Friendsgiving, so I had to just cook it before we went over there and just like pack it up and put it in the fridge because they had a whole turkey. So you know, this was just four people, right? Yeah. We had so much food. Way too much. Um and then our friend is like a fantastic cake baker. So she made some elaborate pumpkin pumpkin pie cake. It was pretty spectacular. Mm. What made it so special? Uh, the flavor and the quality okay. of the cake. But it was just a classic pumpkin pie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he said, you know, like her cakes look good and they're all moist and they're tall and beautifully decorated and... She has an Instagram. It's a whole thing. Mm. All right. Might have to check that out. Hanny Bakes Cakes, if you ever want to 
if you want to take peep. Handy bakes cakes. Hanny. Hanny. Yeah. Hanny. Like H A N N Y. Yeah, if you're gonna plug it, you got to plug it all the way. I think it's N N Y. Could be I E. <laughs> Her name's Hannah. Anyway, you'll find it. Okay. Just plug Hanny stuff into cakes. Instagram until it pops up. Yep. That's right. So that was my Thanksgiving. It was pretty low key. I worked on Friday. Hmm. And you were in Blaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with my parents. Uh, at the urging of my father, I'm going to tell a quick uh, story. Uh, <laughs> he was very up in arms about this whole situation. So Thanksgiving consisted of my mom and dad, my sister, my nephew, me and my girlfriend Haley, and my aunt and uncle, Patty and Steve. So that's eight people total. My nephew is like two and a half. So, I mean, it's not like really he's, you know, he was just eating crackers the whole time. So really seven people. Um, My aunt is uh, celiac. So she has to eat a gluten-free diet. It's not like a fad diet thing. Like she gets legitimately sick if she eats gluten. So her and my uncle are in charge of pie. My dad loves pie. He fucking... (laughs) It's his favorite Uh-oh. thing. I know where this is going. <laughs> so they were in charge of pie. They bring three pies, two of which are gluten-free pies. Even though she's the only person who can't eat gluten, two of the three gluten or two of the three pies, gluten-free. Pumpkin is gluten-free, and pecan pie is gluten-free. Oh no, they were not very good. So he was pissed about that. But then the apple pie, which is objectively the best pie and you guys don't get to chime in it's the best pie um and she brought a marie calendar apple pie Classic. like <laughs> what the fuck like she couldn't even go to safeway or like qfc or something and get like one of the bakery pies not that those are amazing but they're better than a fucking marie. so my dad was pissed the whole weekend oh, everywhere we went uh, we went to this bar to watch the Apple Cup on Friday. We were hanging out with a bunch of my parents' friends, and my dad was like poking me. He's like, "Don't tell them about the pies." I was like, <laughs> "Dad, it's not that big a deal." But uh, he told me I should tell that story on the podcast. Oh so, well, you know, here I am. Right? That's pretty fucked up. Can't fuck with pie, man. Well, this is the second time he got fucked by pie <laughs> on Thanksgiving because, like, ten years ago, probably my other aunt was in charge of dessert, and she brought a chocolate cake. Oh no pie. God. There was no pie that Thanksgiving. It's a sin. It, we haven't spoken to her since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so did your did your dad rectify this situation for himself by just going and getting a pie? No, he just moped. Oh. No? Well, I think he learned something Principles. this year. He's going to hold that grudge until next year. Yeah. From now on, she's not in charge. That's I, I, I told him that I'll be in charge of dessert. And there you go. Buy a fucking pie. <laughs> or make something, I don't know. Uh, but pretty good. Pretty good Thanksgiving. Uh, let's transition to uh, Black Friday. You guys uh, pick up anything online or otherwise? I bought a new headset for Xbox. It's like a like Turtle Beach or something. Yeah, I mean it's similar to the one I have, but I think it's just like a newer version. But it's way nicer. Same price as when I bought the last one a few Black Fridays ago. But this one's surround sound. What's nice, wrong? With, what's nice wrong with the one comfy? you have? Just you know, it's not new anymore. <laughs> I might need a backup. You know. Yeah, but this new one is nice. Definitely worth the uh, thirty bucks I dropped on it. And then um, mm, it's pretty good. Bought a ton of movies per the usual Black Friday. So where did you buy them on Amazon or? Yeah, mainly it was mostly Amazon and Best Buy. So 
Best Buy had some crazy deals, but I, it seemed like they were in store only. Did the prices apply online um, too, or? Yeah, I mean, as it got later in the sale, stuff was appearing as in store only. But if you hopped on there, like right when they went on sale, you could get most of it shipped. But then Amazon ended up price matching pretty much everything afterwards, so you could just buy it on Amazon. So not everything. I looked into that. Well, uh, there were some things that I wanted, especially the 4Ks, because Best Buy had some killer 4K sales. Which ones were you interested in? Uh, um, Annihilation. Mm. Oh, yeah. 15 I think that was bucks. Like 15, yeah. Yeah, not on Amazon. Uh, I could see it so clearly, though. I only got, <laughs> I only got four. Uh, I got um, The Revenant on 4K. Nice. And I got Shape of Water 4K. Manchester by the Sea, regular Blu-ray. That was and, a steal. Uh, Young Frankenstein Blu-ray. Nice. I limited uh, myself. <laughs> yeah, I probably dropped like, I don't know, 150 bucks on Blu-rays. Oh my God. Did I you... got like 20 or... I got a lot. 20? Most of them were like 4 to $6. And yeah. then I got a few 4Ks. I got the first three Rambos on 4K. I saw that, yeah. I got Valerian <laughs> on 4K. Amazon wasn't price matching that uh, one. And then I think maybe one other... Oh, Goodfellas, because I never had that on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. Yeah classic yeah and then a bunch of like yeah four and six dollar blu-rays but Hell yeah. yeah pretty stoked to put those on my shelf and not watch them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did you bite on anything tom no i was working i mean i perused some some sales but i didn't pull the trigger on anything that headset i don't know if it's still on sale but they have a playstation version too he's I got like the playstation gold oh is that the wireless one mm-hmm. that's what i have too and it plugs in. You can use it on Xbox. You just have to plug it into the controller. Oh, okay. That's what I use. It kind of hurts my ears, but... I think it's, it's pretty nice comfy. Concept. I like it. Yeah. Just yeah. after a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, like six-hour gaming session can get kind of oh, taxing yeah. on the ears. That's true, yes. <laughs> uh, cool. So it's all Thanksgiving all around, sounds like. Yeah. Yep. What else? Anybody got any stories? Fin- well, unfinished business on saturday i went in and saw a naturopath and she gave me opium a massage <laughs> that basically put me out of commission for the rest of the day it was like a serious in a good way in a good way <laughs> like a deep tissue massage have you ever got have oh, you guys yeah. ever gotten one like a medical massage i think i would hate that dude it's the best you really respect someone like you can tell when they're when they're working on you and then they just like instantly pinpoint your weakness and then just put you into a you uh, submit yes <laughs> just a state of pure suffering you know where they just find it and then they put their elbow in it and then they just ugh, they just kind shove it in there for like for like mm. a minute and a half when they're like breathe breathe <laughs> uh, i would be miserable dude it t- even it- just back massages like if you if you guys have probably both gotten tray back massages oh, right yeah. they're like top five what dude i hate i, I hate his massages, his massages. Oh my God. it's too much i feel like i'm uh, gonna die it gets uncomfortable at your parties when he gets his hands on <laughs> <laughs> for everyone else we just hear moaning in the other room <laughs> yeah i didn't i mean i like it but it hurts but you know, it's a good one. That's like an amateur massage. You know, he's just, don't tell Trey that. But he's just putting a lot of pressure on and like finding a couple knots. For amateur though, it's pretty good. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Pat, shout shout out to Trey. Some amateur massage. massage. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah, I, anyway, I had a few moments where I, you know, I really lost a lot of dignity, but the rest of it was fine. It was a good experience. Oh, she also did the cupping. Have you ever had cupping? That? that sounds sexual. <laughs> oh, like the like that the cost extra on the back, like the suction. Yeah, okay. And then they, it's that looks very painful. Uh, it can be. Yeah, but I have like seven, just purple like pizza sliced, uh, pizza like pepperoni slice size circles on my back. From her? From the cups? Oh, because it's like an instant hickey. Oh, I don't even know anything about these cups. Oh, you don't know. You don't see it. You don't do it? it. Like you ever Mm-mm. see a pro athlete with the bruises on the back of their neck or on their shoulders Mm-mm. that are in circles? Yes, yeah, from, from cupping. I need to get into this cup. You should try it, dude. <laughs> I apparently it's really good for you. Were there two girls to every cup? <sighs> no, there was just me to seven cups. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you're feeling like a million bucks now? Uh, I'm feeling like I need to stretch more. And um, I've been put on a, a diet of um, fish oil and magnesium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Epsom salt baths. Did you drink a lot of fluids before and after? Flush those No, toxins? no. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm not very good about hydrating. Okay. So that was another takeaway. Drink water. <laughs> Basically. Um, well, this fucking guy over here, Travis, didn't come and hang out with the bros day before Thanksgiving. I was we went out pretty rough. Got some drinks. Yeah, because you were moshing at Under Oath. Yep. He was too hungover. He was invited. He didn't come. Dude, you were hung. It was like 730. I was like over it you know when i woke up i was over the day the day i was like this day is done 24 hour hangover what is under oath it sounds like a oh you don't know who under oath is christian metalcore band i thought it was like a a weird niche club Mm. (laughs) no they just played a show at showbox but yeah it was the night before and i got trashed okay should have gone trash with us instead I didn't know. Well, I, I did know about it, actually, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know I was going to party so hard at Under Oath. Well, that's all right. All right. Anything else? Oh, I thought you were going to tell us about your your beer night. Oh, no. we just I was just giving you shit for not going. Oh. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Had some beers. Yeah. I think we all got decently drunk. Well, not all, but... I did. Me and Tom did. <laughs> <laughs> was there a standout beer there? Um, you made it sound like it was special. Well, the Modern Times beer, they were hosting. Their beer's pretty good. They're from California. Uh, Tom and I both got the Notorious Triple IPA from Boneyard. Yeah, Notorious did it. That fucks you up. It's mm-hmm. like 10% alcohol. Was it good or just Oh, yeah, strong? it's delicious. Yeah. I'm a big fan. But that was like the second of three beers, so. Yeah. Mm. Boneyard, they do it right. Mm-hmm. Bend next, Oregon, next if, time. I'm, if I uh, am correct there. Yeah. Next, next time. time. Yeah. It's every Wednesday. <laughs> next Whoa. time you go <laughs> yeah the uh the only other thing i'll add is i've just been i've been plagued by chapped lips for like five days it's really really mm. brutal it's that time of the year yeah yeah well anyway i bought the special chapstick for myself that is a giant chapstick yeah this is badger lip balm orange spice flavor like a glue stick yeah so <laughs> did your nature path recommend that one no, but I did get it at the at the like pharmacy, like the natural pharmacy. <laughs> Saw it on the way out, mm. and I said to myself, "There's another healthy choice I could make right now." <laughs> <laughs> How's that working out for you? 
Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I just gotta keep using it, I guess. How much was that stick? It's huge. I don't know. Like 12 bucks or something? I don't know. It was lumped in with everything else, so it was just like, I don't even want to say how much I spent on fucking magnesium and shit. Fish oil. And you just did that because she told you to? Mm-hmm. So you're a sheep? No. Falling for that fish I oil, respect vitamin D, Epsom salt bullshit. Of experts. <laughs> Is she licensed? Yeah. Can you be a licensed? Well, She's a licensed, doctor. Sure, but. Did you check her credentials? No. She's a doctor. Gotta be careful, Tom. I think this is like pretty well-established science. Fish oil is how they indoctrinate us. To what? (laughs) To government. (laughs) Government (laughs) indoctrination. Fish oil. Nothing less government than a naturopath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, I'm glad you're... uh, I'm feeling great about myself. You're getting I like on the right all the track. choices that I made this weekend. You're getting on the right track. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm finally going to be the person I was meant to be. I'm just going to keep drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Okay. The new you. you is that for Matt or me? Tom. <laughs> 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 Nothing new for Matt. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, my New Year's resolution early. There you go. Fish cool. Oil. All right. Let's do this thing. First film we're going to be talking about is Boy Erased. We have a clip. Let's listen. You want me to stop with the games? I'll stop with them. I broke up with Chloe. Because... We broke up because I think it's true. About me. I think about men. I don't know why. I'm so sorry. Okay. Boy Erased is written and directed by Joel Edgerton. This is his uh, second, maybe third, uh, directorial. He did The Gift, right? Yeah, he wrote and directed The Gift. The Gift was fun. I think he directed a movie before that. Um, Maybe. But anyway, so he's back. Uh, Plot synopsis reads, The son of a Baptist preacher is forced to participate in a church-supported gay conversion program after being forcibly outed to his parents. Film stars Lucas Hedges, Nicole Kidman, Russell Crowe, and Joel Edgerton. Uh, Tom did not get the chance to see this one, so this will just be me and Travis. Go ahead and kick her off, Travis. What'd you think? Um, I liked this one all right. I thought Lucas Hedges was uh, good as always. He had a couple really good scenes towards the end of the movie. Kind of wish he had more chances to show his talents throughout the movie. I feel like he was very understated throughout most of it. I think the whole movie kind of was, which yeah. that's not necessarily what I was hoping for. Yeah. Like I I kept waiting for that like show-stopping like emotional gut punch moment and I never really got it. Yeah, there's like two scenes where I think he kind of shows off a bit, but yeah, there wasn't much. And then 
I don't know. I just I feel like a lot of these movies are very formulaic. And by all these movies, it's like a group of kids go to some sort of institution to get better for whatever reason. Like it's kind of a funny story or like even this year, the miseducation of Cameron Post is basically the exact same story, but a female's perspective. And like they're so formulaic with how like everything plays out. And I'm, I'm sure most of that stuff's true and how the story actually played out. But like, I don't know, it just feels like I've seen the movie before. And I think it's still like an important movie. And I kind of liked how they like shed some light on the whole situation at the end of it. But yeah, it was, I don't know, it was a little slow and just felt familiar. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, it's very well done. It's a well-made movie. It looks good. The performances are really good. I think the writing is solid. It's just from a story standpoint, it's pr- like you said, formulaic. How was Kidman? Is she going to get uh, best actress and best supporting actress this year? She was uh, probably the best, I think. Yeah, I mean, she was okay. Her accent was kind of I don't know. It kind of bugged me at times. I liked it. I liked her her southern <laughs> accent. She she has my favorite scene in the movie, I think. It's a uh, a dinner scene. Uh, kind of towards the end of the movie, so yeah. The, a mother knows, sort of speaks. When something's from the, not right from the from the preview. <laughs> <laughs> when something's not right, that was a good scene. Um, and the the other issue I had is this movie does the thing where the plot is non chronological, so it jumps around a lot, especially early on, and it's can be confusing at times it doesn't really make it hard to follow but it's just it's kind of jarring and i don't think it really did the movie any favors like i don't think it really it's not like there was a payoff with the way the story was structured boy race did the same thing beautiful boy you mean yeah did i just say boy race yes i'm gonna get those (laughs) but yeah beautiful boy did the same kind of thing yeah out of order and it was a little confusing but never like to the point where you're like completely lost yeah i just i don't think it need it didn't serve the the movie at all i don't think it needed to be uh structured that way um so that was a little bit of a disappointment but again very predictable um there were some touching moments but it's not anything that we haven't seen in a movie before so it was just like it was well done but not uh, the the very end without spoiling it a little too cute (laughs) yeah yeah it was a little much (laughs) yeah (laughs) a little too cute yeah, you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. But all right, what did you think of uh, Joel Edgerton? Oh, he was good too. I thought he was good, but I thought for that kind of role, he could have been a little bit more memorable. He was kind of like a caricature in a way. Yeah, and he was—he really wasn't. Um, you're supposed to hate him, but he wasn't cartoony, which I, I guess I like. Most of the time, he was a re- relatively pleasant man. And maybe that's kind of the point. Like, these seemingly, like, n- quote-unquote normal, well-intentioned people can, like, have such, like, vitriolic hate behind, like, their actions, you know? Because he's yeah. basically just trying to... Uh, they, they do this thing where part of the conversion program is they have to, like... What do they call it? Uh, not a trauma board, like a history board. They basically have to look at their family tree and basically it's like pin the tail on the donkey with sins. Like Uncle Joe was an alcoholic. Aunt Helen was a lesbian. Like they have this like a key of sins and you have to go through your whole tree because like the whole thing is that you inherit your sickness yeah, you, you from your family. You have to figure out family, how you basically. got fucked up <laughs> along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Which is an it's an interesting concept. Yeah. <laughs> um so but I don't know, they could have gone they could have done more with the family background and how that contributed to his um you know, just his, there wasn't really a ton about how he was raised. It was mostly just you know, dad was a preacher and he was sheltered and didn't feel comfortable in his own skin. Like it's all stuff that we've seen before. Yeah. Um I really don't have much to say beyond that. It kind of just came and went. I enjoyed it, but Yeah. Like stylistically I thought it was kind of cool. There was a couple long takes and like the camera was always moving around and I thought the score was pretty good too. It was kind of unsettling. It was all it was all solid, but even then like I can't point to any particular like stylistic flourish and be like, "Oh, that was amazing. That was super cool." It was all good in the moment but nothing really stuck out like there really wasn't anything super memorable about this movie which kind of disappointed me a bit yeah i agree very solid but i don't know if i maybe i would see it one more time but i'm not really itching to to revisit it down the road yeah i think i got what i needed it's a very surface level movie like i don't think it's really gonna there's gonna be any reward that comes out of of rewatches it's all there on the screen on the page yeah Worth a watch, but oh, for sure. Beyond yeah. that, I'm still going to give it a pretty positive. You score. think um, any awards? Maybe some nominations? Any wins? No, not a big enough movie for a win. No, I just don't think anyone, anyone, no one's good enough. Everyone's yeah. everyone's pretty good. Nicole Kidman is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Lucas Hedges is great, but not not good enough. Russell yeah. Crowe was is also quite good. Just not enough. Not good enough. Yeah, it was nice to see him in a role. Again, because I feel like he's not really in much yeah. these days. Maybe nominations for them, but I don't see any any of them taking a yeah the win home. Joel Edgerton could maybe get a supporting actor nomination, but you know, yeah, it's fine. I think that'll do it. All right, what's your star rating? Going three and a half. It's a four for me. Tom, anything you want to ask before we move on? No, I'm not very inspired to. Yeah, <laughs> you still gonna go check it out? You think? I don't know. Sarah really wants to watch it, but I think she wants to see. Can you ever forgive me more? So mm. if we catch up with something that I've missed so far, it'll probably be that. Do that one instead. Now, cool. Okay, let's well, do it. let's move on to our next review. We're gonna be talking widows. We have another clip. Let's listen. Harry Rollins. Never mess with me, I never mess with him. Be in different games. I always have respect. So why'd he hit me now? Well, I don't know why. Thinks you're setting your sights on something high, you're getting sloppy. Mrs. Rawlings, I'm Jack Mulligan. I had the privilege of working with your husband a couple of times. He was a wonderful man. I'm so sorry for your loss. If there's anything I can do, please don't hesitate to ask. I'm not a hard man to find. And God bless. Okay, Widows is the latest film from Steve McQueen, who is the creative mind behind 12 Years a Slave, Shame, Hunger. I believe that's all he's done. I believe so. So he directed this and co-wrote it along with Gillian Flynn, the Gone Girl and Sharp Objects writer. Uh, plot synopsis reads set in contemporary Chicago amid a time of turmoil four women with nothing in common except a debt left behind by their dead husband's criminal activities take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms 
film stars Viola Davis, Liam Neeson, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall. Really good cast. Yeah. Stacked. Huge cast. I think uh, we've all been looking forward to this one, right? I was I'm not stepping in a line there. Oh, yeah. I love Steve McQueen. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, very, very solid all around. Uh, but I was missing something, I think. I was entertained. But when it comes to heist movies, it's a very good one of those. But especially coming from Steve McQueen, I was pretty underwhelmed by it, I will say. Uh-huh. Are you expecting, Tom? You liked it more than I thought you would. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was pretty underwhelmed. Uh, I thought he tried to do way too much in the movie, but it was also somehow way too long. And I thought it was really cliche. And I don't know why he had like four of the plot lines in there that he had. There was way too much going on. Yeah. Especially... Um, maybe we can get into this in spoilers because there there is some stuff to talk about there, but just like motivations for some Mm -hmm. of this shit doesn't make any sense. And none of the emotions, none of the emotions hit me. Like, I mean, Viola Davis was, was good. She always is, but it felt so one note. It felt like the stuff that she always does. Like I, I need to either be really invested in the, in the story or see something kind of surprising from her to to feel something. I, I don't know. I just didn't really care about the characters. They're all they used... pretty one-dimensional. Oh, yeah. Very one-dimensional. All the characters in this movie yeah. are so cliche and one-dimensional. And I could have used way more heist. Oh, yeah. Big time. All right, Tom. Well, your prediction couldn't be more wrong. Wow. I, loves loves I knew he was going <laughs> to love it. I was <laughs> just telling Haley he was going <laughs> to fucking love this thing. And... Considering how little action there was, I was like glued to the screen the entire time. Like each scene had tension throughout. Like they felt like action sequences, even though there wasn't any action going on. And I thought it was shot very well. There's some very cool moments in the movie. Uh, the two heist sequences at the beginning and end are both amazing. Even if they're kind of short, I think they're really well done. And I loved all the twists and turns along the way. And this, this just felt like, I agree that the movie was probably trying to do a little too much and it maybe like cut corners in areas just to like make it a two hour movie. But I feel like for what he gave us in two hours was very impressive. Yeah. It felt like a, like a one season of like whatever crime show lumped into one, but Steve McQueen is directing it. The opening, I think the movie opened really strong. The opening yeah. high scene, and then the introduction to some of the, some of the other players in the in the greater storyline. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is. I was pretty Daniel Kaluuya. He was pretty awesome. He, His he scenes was, were quite good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. His scenes were very really one intense. dimensional, though. Yes. Going back to our point. Yeah. So is like a lot of villains, <laughs> but everyone everyone is one dimensional. I like it. it he was he was really good, and I liked all the scenes that he was in. But he is made less interesting by how shallow all of the characters yeah. around him are. It would be one thing, like kind of like uh, like Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. He's a yeah. one dimensional guy, but he's one of the most riveting movie characters maybe ever. You know what right. I mean? Because the characters surrounding him 
uh, have their own motivations. They're all have their own backstories that are interesting. You don't always know what they're going to do. You always know what everyone in this movie is going to do at every point. Yeah. And there is a twist that I thought, well, probably what, a little over halfway? The big, the big twist, you can call it. I was not surprised by it, but I thought it was handled well. On a technical level, I think the movie right. is fantastic. I wasn't expecting it, but I also didn't rule it out either watching it. I, I didn't rule it out either because there's something... Well, I don't want to spoil. But I just thought something was a little bit off with one of the scenes. Yeah. And then... There you go. Um, but for a genre movie, wouldn't you expect some of that? Like people being one-dimensional? Yeah. And it's it's it, that's what it's a good I, one of those. More. That's it. I expect better. I don't from know, I, Steve McQueen. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's an elevated genre movie, and of these movies, it's one of the better ones. I don't think so. I mean, it's not like I didn't on see, the level of heat, but did you see anything in this movie that you hadn't seen before? Um, yeah, like the the shot on the limo was very impressive. Um, I know what you're talking about, and that was cool, but. He put a camera on the hood of a car and drove a couple oh, blocks. One? Yeah, yeah, that but was cool. There's like a reason why it's cool. <laughs> Other than it just being a long t- tracking shot. Well, I mean, so you're referring to the scene where they're, uh, Colin Farrell is just giving like a speech at a, like a rally. What, like There were like 20 people there in the projects in South Chicago. And he drives like three minutes and we see the whole drive and you go from like incredibly impoverished area in south chicago to these super nice yeah. houses and like you know it's it's this is a good touch yeah it was clever but i mean all it is is just show showcasing geographically how diverse south chicago is like yeah well and it is part of like it was really really cool and i didn't even notice the kind of the change in scenery until they parked the car and then i was like oh okay well done right bravo but the whole the whole narrative that is built into this movie about like the racial inequality and some of the other plot lines that he decided or the themes that he he tried to tackle in this movie, I felt like did not add to it. It overcomplicated things and it didn't really work in the context of the story. There's a whole dynamic within Viola Davis and her family that just doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. A lot of it was pretty ham-fisted. I yes, think. very, very ham-fisted. Yeah, the stuff with her son and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like that was his attempt to like shove something of this time into the movie. He was already doing that, though. I, I mean, know. with the whole Chicago I, election I think thing, he was like... just trying to do a lot. Like, he, th- I feel like this is like one of the... As far as like making a statement of the current state of everything, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, it just seemed like a less original, like version of The Departed, kind of. Yeah, see, I, I, I was gonna say it, it was kind of like a Scorsese picture, but maybe without all of the music that he loves to infuse. I did I like the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack is good. Well, Hans Zimmer actually. Did you guys notice that? No, I didn't notice it. I just I, I thought we looked that up either before or after a show and. It might have been a while ago. Like we were talking about Hans Zimmer. I I think I know what you're talking about. And we're like, oh, he's doing Widows. I had forgotten. So when I saw it pop up, I was like, oh, cool. Hans. Hansy boy. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more it is to me just like the departed in heat except starring women. Like you even have the Val Kilmer type character who isn't he abusive in heat? I can't remember. 
Val Kilmer? Yeah. I don't remember. I've only seen it once. Huh. I want to say he is. Like, he hits his wife or something. Wouldn't be surprised. He's a piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> yeah, just sub him in for um, The Punisher. There's one of the characters down. It was cool seeing um, females do, like, an actual gritty heist movie, though. It wasn't, like, the glamorous Ocean's 8. And it, I liked how mm-hmm. the whole story was about, basically, these women who have been basically given everything their whole lives have to get something for themselves now yeah uh that one chick was super badass the girl with the short blonde hair oh yeah oh She's yeah from bad times at el royale oh well she was awesome but also if you really think about it how they loop her into the whole thing is pretty stupid mm-hmm. and very forced mm. <laughs> <laughs> i also like how they they used her skills within the heist. Like she was a... She can jog. Not everyone can <laughs> fucking run like that, dude. <laughs> and are just like hopping up on stuff and yeah. There's another cool scene during the... Or part of the the end heist sequence that I hadn't seen before where it was just like super pitch dark and they're like going into the house. Oh. That looked pretty cool. <laughs> what well you're asking me about something that i've never seen before i know you just you're listing off a lot of like the technical like the shots specifically yeah but i mean yeah it's as the far content as the, of the, the movie story goes, like all of the relationships the even the concept of the heist they have they've i don't think this is saying too much to say that they find a blueprint you know and then they have to like plot their way in Honestly, I could have just used more of that. Oh, I hadn't even thought about how convenient that whole thing is. That character just <laughs> happens to be fucking an architect, and that's how she's oh, able to yeah, crack the blueprint. Dude, the I hadn't even thought of, like... <laughs> there's there's a lot of that type of stuff in this movie. See, I don't get hung up on little story details, though. There's like, a lot of it, though. Dude, how could you not? Most of the movie is story. You get, like, ten minutes of heist, which was fun. Like Right, but cool. there's a lot of, like sequences where people are interacting and it's just them having a moment together it's not necessarily a story i know but i was just like so over it watching two one-dimensional characters have a conversation with each other one of them every character in all those conversations has an agenda so you're watching a point trying to be made that serves the movie not the character i still think they're they're more complex than one dimensional. I think you're writing all of the characters off. <laughs> I can't think of I can't think of a single character that I found to be interesting. You didn't think Viola Davis was interesting? I no. think she is interesting. I think her performance is good, but no, I don't think her character or what? her circumstances are that interesting. How about the tall blonde chick? I forget her name. Elizabeth DeBecky. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember her character's name. Um she kind of has a complexity i mean she she was one of the highlights of the movie I think. she's been ab- abused like her whole life and now she's doing something for herself you know who i did want more of? i wanted more jackie weaver her mom yeah she was barely in it like yeah. two scenes maybe that scene between the two of them where they like kind of hit each other i thought was was, was pretty good where yeah her mom is kind of she basically fires back at her mom and her mom slaps her like that was probably the best moment of character development for me, anyway, the two of them. Uh, most of it just kind of happens. How about a uh, paper boy from Atlanta? I don't know why the fuck he wanted to be a politician. <laughs> don't get it. 
Yeah, that whole thing was was really stupid too, and just the, the shady shit I that he's like doing. The, I didn't like the election half of the movie. It wasn't it wasn't compelling because see, I would be the first one to get bored by a movie like this, and I was just like riveted by all of it. You didn't think that <laughs> uh, what's his name the Irish guy Colin Farrell? You didn't think that Colin Farrell was like so ridiculous, like him and Robert Duvall, just the most ridiculous characters. He, they are, but I mean, that's how those people can be. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> the the Boston politician that we <laughs> that we know and love from other films. I mean, or we the, have, the we Irish. have two hours for this movie. I feel like he did a good job with in the context of two hours. I think he did too much. He should have taken out like half of his ideas. I mean, there's stuff that happens at the gun show that it's like, okay, we get it. You know, there's stuff that happens um, in the flashbacks where it's where we get it. There's all the racial elements of the uh, the two warring factions and then the the political nominations i just it's felt so of its time but not in a clever way that like black klansman was oh i'm serious yeah no they're both they're both um i mean a lot of people have criticized black klansman for being like too on the nose but at least it was, it was satire you yeah know? it was like it it was trying to say, communicate one one uh, major idea i don't know i think i'd rather have a director swing for the fences and It'd be a little rough around the edges. To he didn't play swing. It safe. He didn't swing well, for the fence. Putting is... too much into a movie. I didn't. Yeah, yeah but too where, many where ideas. Were the risks. Like I don't. I don't feel like there were any risks taken. Everything was like by the book. Yeah, I will agree. It's a very formulaic story. But that being said, like it's it's well acted. It's got a ton of twists and turns that kept me guessing. It's well shot. It's got great music. Like. It has everything to be a great movie. And just because some of the plot lines aren't fully fleshed out or some of the characters aren't as complex as you want it to be, it's still a two-hour movie. So, like, how can you expect it to be this, like, huge, grand epic? Because other movies do that. Yeah, it didn't have to be. <laughs> Give me some examples, then. 12 Years a Slave is a much better movie. Like, so is all of his I other movies technically have been made... more, more interesting. Yeah, I would say more interesting, but they're they're more riskier. They're more artsy, for sure. He he set out to make uh, like an elevated blockbuster thriller, and he did that. Right. I he, feel like I this think... movie will please both audiences, though, like the people who go see independent art films and the people who go see popcorn, you know, thrillers. Yeah, it it did. I was I, I enjoyed the movie. I was. But, you know, pleased, yeah. but it, just coming from him, it just, I expected more from it. I don't know. It's on a technical level, it's incredibly well done, but I can't point to any one thing or any one sequence that blew my mind. It was all just good. It was all yeah. very good. You guys wanted The Godfather. It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I mean, I didn't. I just like. No, I, I totally get what you guys are saying. I just. It, that stuff doesn't bother me as much when I watch movies, and I was. It's the same problem we have with Dunkirk. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's just different tastes. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, I guess. 
Um, you guys want to give star ratings and then talk uh, spoilers a little bit? Sure. Or any other points in general uh, discussion first? No. No, we can go to spoilers. Uh, I gave it three stars. Ooh. Uh, four. Four to five. Way too low, Tom. All the way to the top. I don't know, man. It's just like the more I think about it, the more forgettable it is. I don't know. I was. I remember loving the town. I bet that movie still holds up and is better. This is definitely better than the town. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. Um, I I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is a better movie than The Town, but The Town does have some really good action sequences. Just like, you know, in the heist scene, there's a lot of tension. It's an, you know, it's a good 10 minutes. It's really good. I could have used, I could have used 40 of that. I would have loved 40 minutes of that. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't enough of, of that, that stuff. The, pl- the actual planning of the heist really wasn't that interesting. I was like, you have a week to do this, do no, this, they didn't they do, do something planning. wrong. You just see, uh, we see Debecky with her, with her John for like, they do like 20 planning. minutes of the movie. It's them together and like, it, it doesn't matter. So let's let's get more into specifics. So spoilers for this movie start now. So look at the show notes. Skip ahead if you need to. Um, the twists. Liam Neeson was not dead. He was alive Ooh. the whole time. He was basically the mastermind behind the whole thing. But I have a lot. I have. I just have a lot of questions logistically about what what was yeah. his plan exactly. Well, it was weird because when the first heist ends. And the cops just opened fire on that warehouse. I was like, did they just, like, commit suicide? Like, what just happened? <laughs> like, let's open the gate and let them shoot at explosives. Like, I didn't make sense. I mean, I assumed that, like, it was a surprise to them. But yeah. I also thought it was weird that the SWAT team was just there and just, like, opened fire instantly. No, like, megaphone saying, we got you surrounded. Yeah, as soon as the gate comes up... Blast yeah. it full away. I don't know. I guess I watched it as if, like, we knew that they were outside. It's like death by cop, basically. And then, <laughs> and then, like, yeah, he, like, s- sets up the van, and then it's like, oh, everyone died. And it was like, like what? Yeah. Okay, I, I guess I'll believe you because the movie's telling me that. Right, right. <laughs> so, Tom, you had alluded to there was a scene that, like, stuck out to you, so yeah. you weren't surprised. What are, you, what are you referring to? That scene. Oh, that's oh, the because the you can scene. see a figure in the driver's seat, but you can't tell that it's Liam Neeson. Right? Like, why would you do that? Right? Show us Liam getting shot, or don't show it to us, or something. Right? It and was just this weird in between thing. I thought they'd gotten out of the van though. They switch vans. Oh, okay. Also, it's Liam fucking Neeson. So yeah. going through the movie, I was like, he's barely in this. Something's going on here. Also, yeah. now th- and this is, I think, like inexcusable. The trailer shows a shot of Liam Neeson doing that funny run he does with two heavy bags of money. You see that in the trailer and you don't see it before he supposedly dies in this mm. movie. And then you get it in the flashback. And I, like, when I watched it, I thought to myself, or I didn't notice until I saw him running with the bags. And I was like, wait a minute, that was in the trailer. But if I had noticed right off the bat, I would have been really pissed. Right. <laughs> Trailers suck. Yeah, well, like, what the fuck? I mean, come on. That's just, like, that's such bullshit that they do that. But, so help me out here. What what was his plan? 
Because he tell there's a line where he says you were just supposed to sell the notebook to Jamal Williams. So he was his plan the whole time to take all the money, like pit Williams and Mulligan against each other, and then steal. Like it just seems like a way too complicated plan. What was he trying to do? He worked for Mulligan. Yes. I think he just wanted to make off with the cash and his friend's wife, his partner's wife. But for some reason, he had to stick around. I don't know why he had to stick around. But there was another part of the plan because she was supposed to find his plans. He left her the for the plans and knew that they would come after her for the money. And he just assumed that she would give him the notebook. Right. And And then what? They would... Was he? Was his plan to take the money before they got a hold of the notebook? Because I think his plan was to steal it from them, trying to steal their own money back. Oh, like they do the heist. He, like Jamal Williams. No, I think no, no, his no. plan was for them to do the heist. He had two million dollars in cash. He made he made off with it. That didn't go into Mulligan's safes. Remember, they were on the boat, and Mulligan was like, "You need to give me my million. So then, but still, what was it? Okay, so if that's the case, he gets his money there. And then he doesn't care what happens. Like, the notebook goes to the Mannings, and then they do what they want with it. It seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a weird plan. I don't know why he (laughs) stuck around, why he was still in town. And they clearly weren't short on money. Like, if he wanted to run away with that other woman, Carrie Coon, why didn't he just do it? Meanwhile, Carrie Coon is just like, yeah, just... Kill my husband. <laughs> I love you, so let's just let's just off him. What? Yeah. What? And also, oh yeah, come into my home. Let me go take care of the baby while your husband, who you think is dead, is right over here. Well, Can that, I put my dog down? Oh sure. Is that his baby? Yeah. 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 She, Viola Davis makes a comment about how I hope you're happy with you and your new white family or something like that. Yeah. And he hits her. It just like it just. Well, way- she was awkward about it. I mean, if you want to like drill down to that specific sequence, Carrie Coon's character was like, "It's not a good time. The baby's fussing, blah blah blah." Like she didn't want to let her in, but she didn't want to like tip it she, off. I that. don't know. She could have been more forceful. It's better to be aggressively like, "No, now's not a good time. Get out of here," than to run the risk well, of. It's a movie. I mean, guys. she saw the like. <laughs> just too many conveniences. Like I thought that. the the reveal of it was well done yeah like, that I was it was clever and then they had to have their final little moment where like i guess he's gonna fucking kill her like what yeah and oh, then it's so, so prolonged because there's the a top. gunshot and you know that she shot him but they hover he's just standing there and, like just too melodramatic <laughs> that, yeah, that I, particular I wanted scene. it to just end at that point i was like just roll credits this is just not none of this is powerful i didn't think the ending was very satisfying either them two just running into each other uh-uh. in a coffee shop. What like. was that weird lingering like? Is that where we're supposed to believe that Viola Davis has become yeah a different person? Like now she wants to make connections, right? Because before she was so ruthless, and then after that whole thing, yeah, now she actually cares about her. Yeah, I also don't think there is enough uh, development of where that ruthlessness comes from because all you really know about Viola Davis and her previous life is that she really. Fucking loved Liam Neeson. And the teacher's union. And she's in teacher's union. But all of a sudden, she's just like this cold CEO bitch. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't line up for me. 
Yeah, she was unnecessarily cold through a lot of it. And it and was just like over and over again. Like, we get it. We don't need this moment with uh, Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. saying something like, oh, she took that stick out of her ass. You know, it's like, dude, God, we we played over this twice already. We don't need a third time. Yeah, there should have been something to make us like her a little bit more because we're rooting for her because of her situation and what she's gone through and the odds being stacked against for her. All of them. Yeah, but <laughs> she she's not a very <laughs> likable character. Not really. No, there's not really a likable character in the movie, which is a problem. I think. Yeah, it's twenty eight. It's just another. Everyone it's sucks. just another reason why it's a four star movie for me and not a five star movie. And the reason it's a three-star movie for me is because... Because you uh, don't like good movies. Instead of a two-and-a-half star, (laughs) it's because of the the basketball court court scene with Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was a good scene. How about the bowling alley? That was also good. The bowling alley, it it seemed a little bit over the top to me. Overly cruel. Did it feel like there will be blood a little bit? (laughs) Man, well, I, I liked when he like got on the floor and he like put his yeah. hands under his chin and he just lay in there. What are you them. saying? Like we're yeah. gonna play the, a game of Operation or something? Isn't like that? he? He's in There Will Be Blood. That guy. What's the? Is he the brother? Actor's name. I th- uh, oh, is he John something more? I think he's also in. Um, I just looked this up. The Mummy. He's the. It was the... Peter Berg the driver, or is he? Is that a different? No, no, no. no. That's um a different actor. Yeah, no, he's a he's a pretty no, well known guy. Bash was that guy's guy name. That looks like Peter Berg. Hang on, I'm pulling it up here. Kinda. I think the difference between those two scenes is that in the basketball court scene, Daniel Kaluuya's character has a show to put on. He's got his 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 crew his crew there, and you're sending a message. Yeah, but in the sec- in the bowling alley scene, it's well, just I love, him. I love both scenes. To just put that yeah, but there. I didn't find that character um, very believable. Like so sadistic, not just a, like a ruthless gang guy, but like a real like fucked up evil evil doer. Yeah. You know, those people exist though. Sure, they exist, but not in your movies. <laughs> they exist in my <laughs> movies. Uh, the guy in the wheelchair, his name is Kevin O'Connor. He is in There Will Be Blood, The Master. He's mm. uh, the guy with the mustache and the mummy, like the the one who basically betrays Brendan Fraser. I haven't seen that in years. The mummy. Have you seen the mummy recently? The original? He's like the ratty, like yeah, the, yeah, the slimy that. guy. That. He's that guy. But yeah, he's in There Will Be Blood. So you made that connection. Um, the close-up shot of the flare before she throws it into the car. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> the scene of the shot of Viola Davis smoking a cigarette looking outside the window. Oh my god. I'm just going to let you keep convincing yourself that this movie's better than it was. It started out strong. I'll give it that. We're also the next movie we're going to be talking about, talking about like incredible like scenes like a tech on a technical level. Granted, it's a Coen Brothers movie, but I can point to way more awesome scenes from that movie than I can in this movie. There are some very good moments in Buster Scruggs. Like, there's stuff in Widows that. that I look at. I looked at. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool," but not nothing that memorable. He, all the stuff he just rattled off, like none of that stuck. I don't know. I thought it was a great 
Didn't Maybe. stick. It stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else you guys want to mention about Widows? Uh, nope. But I will be talking about it come <laughs> January 2019. <laughs> I have Is nothing this, else to say. Have we had a... A review where we've had this big of a spread, like five, four, three. I mean, there have been some mm, where, like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, me and Tom were both like four and a half, five. Maybe we might have even both yeah. given it a five. That's you know what true. I mean? I just mean like, I thought it was good. Tom thought it was very okay. average. Yeah, you fucking loved it. That sounds like Dunkirk and Good Time as well. <laughs> We all liked Good Time. True. Didn't love it. Dunkirk, though, I think you were the least into it. Scott gave it a three. Scott, he doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't, Sorry, Scott. He doesn't know how the star ratings work. <laughs> but Tom, I think you gave it a four, right? Back in the day. You gave it a three, a three and, and a half. Three and a half, yeah. It's... Which is... Dunkirk? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Okay. I gave it a four. It's a fine movie. It's a good movie. I don't have any complaints with Dunkirk, except for Travis's worship of it. <laughs> His worship of it? Hell yeah. Huh? Yes. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for Widows. Let's move on to our third and final featured review. Going to be talking The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Clip. I'd like me a splash of whiskey to wash the trail dust off in my gullet and keep my singing voice in fiddle. Whiskey's illegal. This is a dry county. Well, what are they drinking? Whiskey. These outlaws. Oh, well, don't let my white duds and pleasant demeanor fool you. I, too, have been known to violate the statutes of man, and not a few of the laws of the Almighty. You ain't no outlaw, and we don't drink with tin horns. Sir, it seems that you are no better a judge of human beings than you are a specimen of one. Just on a brief inventory, I'd say that you could use yourself a shave and a brighter disposition. And lastly, if you don't mind me aspersing your friends, a better class of drinking buddy. All right, here we go. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This is a Netflix original film written and directed by Ethan and Joel Cohen. Plot synopsis reads, An anthology film comprised of six stories, each dealing with a different aspect of life in the Old West. The film stars Tim Blake Nelson... Uh, there's a lot of fucking people in this thing. Uh, I'll just go off the top of my head. James Franco, Liam Neeson, uh, Zoe Kazan, Tom Waits, Tom Waits, Brendan Gleeson. Pretty solid cast all around. Uh, we're all big fans of the Coen brothers, I believe. Oh, yeah. Huge fans. I am a fan (laughs) (laughs) of Coen brothers. (laughs) <laughs> so this is their first film since Hail Caesar, which I don't believe any of us were super big on that one, right? Did you see it, Tom? Didn't even see it. I feel like I might need to watch it again, but it was very middle of the road for me. So uh, this is an anthology film. Uh, so the, we're talking six different standalone stories, which we can talk about how well they pair together thematically. But 
It's an anthology film. Who wants to kick this one off? Um, I'll go first. So I watched this twice, once all the way through, and then the second time I watched it in chunks. Like I watched a couple Each stories here. Individually? No, not like six different chunks. Probably like two or three different chunks. A couple stories at a time, you know. Did you intentionally take breaks? You or do the math. Work out that way? Well, I was working, so. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> like in between, you know. Sure. But uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I definitely think there are stronger stories than others. Um, I thought it looked amazing. Um, I thought it was just a lot of fun. I liked all the music throughout. Um, the only really like negative thing I can say is that I feel like it ended on kind of like a, a wet noodle. Like the last story was pretty boring. I don't really feel like it did much in... I tried to watch it twice just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But even seeing a second story twice or the last story twice, I'm still, it just feels so insignificant to end on. See, I think the final chapter is the most like Coen brothers ass Coen brothers story in this anthology. It's literally just people talking in a carriage, though. Yes, but it's also that's the one that kind of ties the whole thing in thematically as far as uh, they're essentially taking a carriage to the afterlife. And they're kind of like Grim Reapers, I guess, these two men. And they're basically just talking about life and they don't know they're dead and all this stuff. So it's... I, I can definitely see how you would think it's a wet noodle. And I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite story by any means. But the way... I don't want to spoil it, but the way they choose to end it, it's very literal, but it also kind of makes you question the stuff you had just seen leading up to that, the conversations they had. Just lots of really weird looks that people give, especially like the last probably two minutes. There's some very strange stuff. I kind of, I got Barton Fink vibes from mm-hmm. the last, um, the last story. Um, wasn't my favorite, but I, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, thematically, I think it ended on a high note. Um, not the most fun to watch, but I was I was entertained by it. Um, well, let's let's do this. Uh, of the six stories, without giving too many specifics, what was your favorite of the six? It's tough to pick a favorite, but probably the first one. Second, I think the fourth story would probably be my second favorite. Which one's that? The uh, the prospector one. Yeah. We just name off all the stories. Yeah. So the first one is the Ballad Buster Scruggs. That's Tim Blake Nelson, mm-hmm. the gunslinger. Mm-hmm. That was the most laugh out loud funny. Uh, it looked beautiful. That scene in the bar is just great. The it second was bar. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That was wonderful. Um, that was probably my favorite as far as which one I enjoyed the most, just because I was, I was loving it. Well, Tim I Blake was Nelson is so hundred percent on board. Um, that was cool. The second one is the James Franco bank robber one, which I think is, is good, but coming off the heels of that first story, they're yeah. both kind of humorous. Um, I thought the first one worked better. The, uh, the, yeah, that second one, I don't even remember that well. I like that one a lot too. Mm, I just feel like the payoff wasn't that good either. I mean, it's funny that he like finds himself in a tree again, or, yeah. you know, hanging from a noose again, but um, I don't know. I thought the first one, because I did not expect that first story to end that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, there's a song at the end that kind of mm-hmm. closes in. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I was loving it. Um, probably my favorite, though, is the f- 
well, okay, let's just keep going through them. So the third one, that is the one with Liam Neeson like the and show. the yeah, the road show, the boy, the the amputee, the one with uh, no yeah. arms and legs. He's like a what's the word? Um, uh, thespian, I guess. Oh yeah, that was the word I was looking for. A thespian. That was my least favorite. Yeah, of the six. Yeah, that one. I it looked good, and I could understand what it was going for, but it was yeah one of the too lesser entertaining ones. Boring, and I like how dark it was because I like shit like that. But just you know, yeah, definitely the the the, the low points of the whole. Yeah, you don't want series. boring and depressing. No. I think this the last one would still be the lowest for me. Yeah, no, for for me it's it's that third one. Fourth one is the prospector. That's Tom Waits mm-hmm. looking for gold. That one was was cool um yeah i like that one a lot that one could have even been like a silent film and still would have worked mm-hmm. like no dialogue although i did love him saying uh uh what was it mr mr, mr. Pocket. pocket oh yeah <laughs> yeah him saying that over that's and over my favorite again. also uh Each time waits fan <laughs> i think yeah, it had it. maybe the most shocking moment in the whole thing Without spoiling it, kind of the way that that, yeah. not the very end of it, but something happens that I was did not see coming. Um, that was good. I enjoyed that one. Then the fifth one, which was the longest, uh, was Zoe Kazan is the main character. I think that that uh, chapter is called The Girl, The Girl Who Got Rattled, I think mm-hmm. was the name of that one. Uh, and that's Zoe Kazan uh, with her brother crossing the Midwest to get to President Oregon. Pierce. Yeah, President Pierce, the dog. <laughs> what a great that was dog. that was my favorite. Both the way it ends, the way it looks. I love Zoe Kazan. The um, ending was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That was solid. And then the, the sixth and final chapter is the stagecoach one. <clears throat> I I love this movie. Uh, it's the only like I, like I said, the low point was that third story. So it's it's a little bit of a bummer when you do this kind of anthology thing because you're kind of only as strong as your weakest element. You know what I mean? That was a pretty substantial part of the movie, and I wasn't super into it. Like you have these varying degrees of of quality. It's all good to amazing. I think even the Liam Neeson one, I didn't think it was bad. It was just noticeably the low points. Why was that the lowest point for you? Just curious. It just wasn't interesting. Mm. It was boring. I thought I thought the I think what it was trying to go for was that like they were actually putting on art and people were into it at first. And then after a while, people kind of lost interest or grew tired of it. And then like the end kind of like does the exact opposite where it's like people were so enamored by this chicken who could count or whatever. Yeah, just and it's pure just like, entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was it was less about I think that's part of it. But I mean, it's literally called meal ticket. I think it was more just about Liam Neeson and just how cutthroat the old, you know, the old West was because he, you know, he's doing this to make money. He doesn't care about that kid. And then something happens. There's a turning point. And then, you know, he jumps ship to the next thing that's going to get him his next meal. You know what I mean? Right. I think. But yeah, to your point, I do think when you that's a very Coen Brothers thing to do, like viewing art that way, Mm -hmm. Uh, the irony involved with that. So I still enjoyed it. It was just the low point. Of the six. Also, I, did, I think it didn't look that interesting. There were some pretty cool images, but a lot of it is shot in darkness. A lot of repetition of, of lines of dialogue because we see this performance done over and over again. Yeah. Um, brutal. Yeah. They could have at least switched it up. 
I don't know. I guess that's kind of counter to the point, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, stacking it up against the rest of the Coen Brothers' work, it's not one of my favorite by any means. But I don't know if I would go so far as saying it's minor Coen Brothers. A lot of people have been referring to this movie as that. I don't know. I I just sort of watched it as though it was going to be minor Coen Brothers, and I enjoyed it as though it were minor cone brothers i just didn't take it very seriously the whole way through i enjoyed it very much but um at the end i wasn't like wow that's one i need to remember for my whole life or anything yeah totally it doesn't it doesn't have that uh it doesn't resonate as much as some of their other stuff like it's, yeah. it doesn't really have a lingering effect you well, just kind of like watch it and it's it's very good anytime you make an anthology movie you're kind of setting yourself up for failure a little bit as far as like being viewed as like a standalone film yeah i mean even even when i think of stuff like i mean the most common example of this is horror anthology films right i i think of a movie like vhs and i remember that movie mostly because of one particular segment so it kind of in that example kind of has the opposite effect because it's not very good overall but i immediately think of that very strong segment so maybe that skews it up whereas this everything is all kind of up here and then that one thing kind of brings it down so when you view it as a complete film you know it's 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 tough to to juggle that stuff yeah but yeah i think like as it was a good homage to westerns and just like like the tall tale aspect to it and just like fate and life and it's just like loose themes and it just seems like they were having fun with it yeah and i I'm, i think the the theme that carries through the whole thing it's kind of a spoiler to say but there's Friendship. one the what Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing that all six of the stories have in common death um, well yeah <laughs> you don't know who's gonna die sure <laughs> um yeah i mean that's that's the overarching theme of the film is i mean know. life and death are they're the same thing right oh yeah two sides of the same coin <laughs> <laughs> it was good quite good i enjoyed it this is probably the best of the netflix original films that i can think of Not my head. Competition. <laughs> yeah there's been some solid stuff but uh yeah nothing nothing incredible i never saw the what's the one with uh, idris elba I didn't see that either. Beasts of No Nation. Oh, yeah. That was like one of their first ones, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that got a lot of acclaim, but... Hold the Dark. That was solid. Right? <laughs> I'm excited uh, for them to do something that's not a Western. Because when I look at what they've done... True Grit was good, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, I guess you How could consider you No Country True for Grit? Men. And when's the last time you saw it? Once in the theater. Okay. Because I saw it once in the theater. Liked it. But then I watched it again at home and I loved it. Really? Yeah. It just seems like uh, it's a lot of fun, and I just feel like it's a yeah kind of like a a perfect story. Like I love their relationship, and I should watch it again. Is it Mr. Cogburn? It's it's definitely better than the original. I don't care if that's bad to say. It's definitely an upgrade to the looking at me. Yeah, kind of. I mean, not like <laughs> not like tr- the old True Grit's your favorite movie or anything. But you were the one who recommended that one to me. Uh, I think I like the new one better. I do like the old one. I'm just saying I think, I think the new m- one's an upgrade. I think most people do think. 
It's better than the original. I mean, it's the fucking Coen brothers. I don't even know who directed True Grit. It's John Wayne is the John Wayne's the actor, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wasn't John Ford, I don't think. No, I think it might have been just some like I don't know. Not one Jabroni. of the, the greats, yeah. <laughs> it was John Wayne. <laughs> <It's> Self directed. <clears throat> uh okay. Well, uh you guys want to drop some star ratings? Anything else you guys want to mention? Um, Everyone should see it, I think. It's yeah, at the very it. least you'll be entertained by some of the stories. It's uh, very easily easy to get your hands on currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if you don't like one of the stories, you just have to wait a little bit, and then you get a whole new one. Right. Well, one thing I would I would point out is that pacing wise, the stories are broken up in such a way that like the short stories are kind of front loaded in the beginning. The first, like the third story starts, and it's been like. 35 minutes and it's mm-hmm. a two plus hour anthology so i was just like this is moving pretty quick and then the prospector one is fairly long the fifth one's the longest i think the fifth one's probably like 45 minutes yeah i think so um and then the stagecoach one is you know one of the shorter ones but yeah i don't know that didn't really bother me the pacing but it's definitely noticeably like it's not it doesn't go long short long short it's like short short you know medium i think it is kind of weird to put those two at the end though i mean maybe it makes sense thematically but i feel like they might start to lose their audience when it gets into those fifth and sixth stories just because they're like they're way less entertaining than the first four yeah i mean in a way it kind of gets progressively more dark i mean the third one ends super dark but i mean the last one both Literally and um, thematically, death and darkness, everything that's uh, you see, like the shift in the color palette in that scene is kind of an ethereal dream element to the last one. Very blue and black. Mm -hmm. Well, you can actually see it. So, like, uh, I don't remember why I rewinded, but when it was over, I rewinded to the beginning of of that scene and then fast forwarded. And you can see the colors change. It starts and it's like yellow and then you watch it go to red and then like it ends with like that dark kind of blue. Um, it was pretty cool because you get when you see it played out that quick, it's it's very noticeable how stark the color changes are. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, just a little notes. That's cool. Star ratings? I'm going four and a half. Four. I logged it as a five, but I'm going to... Bring it down to a four and a half. I wanted to give it a five, but that's why I gave it a five. And oh. now, when I really think about it, about it, I'm like, eh. It just—I feel like that's its problem, though, because it's an anthology. It's easy to like mark it down. You know what I mean? But even even the highs really don't touch some of the other stuff that yeah. the Coen Brothers have done. You don't have enough time with any of the stories, you know? Yeah, it's just sort of like interesting. I do think the first story does the best job of being immediately captivating and also just it has the most style, you know, mm-hmm. just him singing and Tim Blake Nelson is such a charismatic guy and the like, the dialogue, like his quips, the way he handles those situations. It's just like yeah. Pete Cohen, you know, mm-hmm. it's so the things he says are so like, pedantic, but also just like funny mm. and quippy i don't know it was just a it was a blast to watch better glass of drinking but this was their <laughs> first film shot on digital did you know that 
thought it looked great for being digital. I mean, I think digital stuff looks great anyways. Not all the time, but... If you know what you're doing, which they do. Yeah, but like just the way they shot some of the landscapes and yeah, just some of the footage they got. I thought it looked incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 4K, baby. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, do you, Tom, do you pay for the, the 4K Netflix? I don't know. You don't know? You have to I pay extra for know. it. How you much do, is right? extra? Yeah. Uh, my Netflix subscription is like 15 bucks. Yeah, it's like 14 or 15 a month, I think. Yeah, I pay 15. Oh, okay. Okay, so then, yeah, you, you probably do. Because I had to, when I got my TV, I had to upgrade my Netflix subscription mm. to get the 4K content. Yeah, this is a 4K TV. Totally. So Gotta do it. Probably just like <laughs> really sucking it in right now. Gotta do it, right? Yeah. I felt like I was there. It was also like really cold in the house and then really hot in the house. So I just timed it with the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. That'll do it for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, Scruggs. Let's move on to Scruggs. what we've been watching. Uh, Travis, I'm sure you got a lot. Um, let's see. Well, I did see Can You Ever Forgive Me. I could start with that, I guess. Start with it. Sure. Yeah, I do. I think um, both me and Tom plan on seeing it. So, uh, yeah, your, your general, you know. Yeah, I won't spoil anything. I thought it was solid. Um, I thought Melissa McCarthy was very good in it. So was uh, Richard E. Grant as her friend. Her confidant. Uh, the accomplice, kind of? Yeah. From the trailers, anyway? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how much people know about the story, but I won't get into the whole details. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I don't really know what else to say without getting into it. How was Melissa McCarthy? I thought she was good in it. I mean, I feel like she can do dramatic stuff, and this is just her being more dramatic than we usually see her when she's doing her outlandish comedic stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's just like a story about this person who's kind of fizzled out in her career, and she's trying to find a way to get back into it, and she does in a illegal manner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was fun watching her go through all that. Okay, but not so worth worth seeing. Definitely worth seeing, but I don't think it's amazing by any means. Right. I mean, this is coming from the guy who gave Widows five stars. So yeah, it's no Widow. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if I can ever trust you again, there, bud. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. you've broken my trust so many times. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with my movies over here. <laughs> You still need to watch Game Night. Man, why don't you just keep it on your on your shelf? I tried to. I, I didn't buy that one. <laughs> you um, you told me about that the Google Play. Um, oh yeah, one dollar thing. Well, I was hoping Game Night would be on there, but it wasn't. I thought it's on Prime now. Is yeah. it on there? No, I I looked. I think you said it, it's on Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime. If you rented it and paid money, I think you, you rented it, dude. It. I looked. Oh man, because I tried to watch it. <laughs> I think you rented it. Busted. No, dude, it must have just changed like oh, last week. <laughs> no, <laughs> I looked. They don't put new stuff on there for a week. A week, oh, <laughs> limited. Yes, they do what limited week? engagement. What are you about? It's been out for. It's been on there for months. <laughs> Get out months. Of here, Let me tell you. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick before you move on to the next thing, since we're talking about that Google Play thing. Uh, Haley has a Google Play account because she like does those surveys to get like points for the google store so she uh rented two things we're watching book club tonight uh which is that like 
Old Women, I kinda see Fifty that. Shades of Grey, uh, watching that tonight. And then I had her rent uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Hell yeah. So I'll be reporting in on that bad boy next time we record. What is that? Teen Titans Go to the Movies? Yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. You know the Teen Titans? Yeah, vaguely. They have, they have a, a popular TV show. It's called Teen Titans Go, which is pretty good, actually. It's funny. Uh, it's very cutesy animation, but... All right. Um, it's, you, got, you got your Robin, your Starfire, Cyborg, Raven, Beast, Beast Boy. Yeah, mm. That's the whole crew. All right. But they got their own feature-length movie, so... Okay. Endorsed by Pat Oswalt. If that means anything to you. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> uh travis um, continue sure i'll just stick with the new releases for now uh i saw the grinch <laughs> it looked bad it was okay not very good though i who, mean who was the grinch benedict uh, cumberbatch oh. yeah who was like phoning it in i don't even know why they got him to do it oh um pretty disappointing even though i didn't really have any sort of expectations for it uh i mainly watched it because i went to go see the girl in the spider's web in dolby and i drove up to woodenville for that so i was like i'm just gonna see the grinch in dolby as well since i'm up here (laughs) so in the same theater did you just like not leave uh well i left went to the bathroom and then went back in so i gave him time to clean yeah and then went back in yeah Nice. I took my time. But, um, yeah, I saw The Grinch first. And, um, I don't know, it's just not a very good uh, adaptation, I don't feel like. It's the guys who did, or the people who did The Secret Life of Pets, that animation. And Despicable Me. Yeah, I just feel like they didn't do anything interesting with the story. Like, it was just like, oh, it's a kid's movie, so we'll just give this, like, half-assed story and call call it a day. But, like, I don't know, nothing really felt that inspired watching it and the best stuff is when the Grinch is being a total asshole and there's really not that much of it and then like the whole main like plot and storyline is like so forced it's about like this this or this yeah this little girl's mom being like overworked but like you get nothing about the mom at all and then it like makes it this huge important moment at the end and like you know, everyone knows the story of the Grinch, how he, like, totally fucks over the town. They just, like, forgive him in an instant. <laughs> I feel like there's... The who, that's what the that's Who's, the who's do. do. I feel like there's a little bit more struggle in <laughs> the old ones. Because this one's just like, nah, it's cool. Come have dinner <laughs> <It's Christmas>. with <laughs> us. I, yeah, I just thought it was, it was pretty lazily made. And they can get away with it because it's for kids. That's what it seemed like from the trailers. Yeah. Girl the Spider's Web? Yeah, that was decent. Um, there was a few cool moments, but it's a very, like, paint-by-numbers, like, crime thriller, like, cyber thriller. And a lot of the cool moments were ruined in the trailer, which yeah. is annoying. Like, th- it was, like, so obviously ruined. You know, like, you knew what was coming as you were watching. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> give me uh give me the DL on uh, the body and the the like the leather like the latex oh. bag. What was going on there? Because that was one of the most striking images from the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of towards the end, but it's just 
someone gets put in that and then they have to try and get out of it. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa. Riveting stuff. But it's it's a really small part in the movie. Is it? Okay. But yeah, I feel like the the trailer has like huge spoilers in the movie. So Yeah, uh, yeah, because the sister thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and just like huge moments like with like Lakeith Stanfield's character. The like, sniper thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like fucking trailer, man. On? Out of control. <laughs> How was um, Claire Foy compared to uh, Rooney Mara? She was good. I thought. I mean, I think I thought Rooney Mara was good too. But uh, yeah, I thought she was good. But yeah, it was it was solid, worth the watch. But um, not much more than that. Uh, not as good as Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I'm assuming just because it's Fincher. Yeah, I haven't seen that since the theater, but I would say that one's better. It's definitely doing a lot. I really more. like Girl with the Dragon. Dude, Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is awesome. Um, who um who directed this? Because it's some horror director. It's the guy right? who did uh, "Don't Breathe" in right. uh, "Evil Dead." Okay, remake. Alexander Aha Aja. Mm-mm. Fetty Alvarez. Oh, who's uh Aja's Aja. the guy who did like "The Hills Have Eyes" and uh, "High Tension." Isn't that him? And like yeah. Piranha and did he do something like recently? Recently, like a, not pre- not a prestige film, but something. Let's see here. Is it on? Yeah, non okay. Speaking of Don't Breathe, though, that's kind of a good segue. He did Maniac, the Maniac remake. Oh, with Elijah Wood? TV or something. Maybe. I don't really see anything recently from him. Okay. Well, maybe he hasn't. Maybe I was just confusing him with Fede Alvarez or whatever. So I watched uh, Wait Until Dark, the movie from the 60s with Audrey Hepburn that was the influence for Don't Breathe. Oh. So it's basically about these crooks need to get something inside this woman's house and she's blind and it plays out a lot differently than don't breathe i like don't breathe a lot more but i still like this one there's no cum in uh no there's no turkey (laughs) 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 but this one it's like the the structure is kind of the same but it's completely different because like they're interacting with her the whole time and kind of like conning her and talking to her and pretending they're people who they aren't and don't breathe. It's like they're trying to like not be seen or heard from the, you know, the, the guy who lives in the house yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's way less of a thriller, but it still is a thriller just in the sixties. Um, but yeah, it was kind of funny because out, Alan Arkin is in that movie. He's like super young and he says a line like, Oh, she's coming. Don't breathe. And I was like, Oh, that's where he got it. But yeah, it was, it was solid. Just um, not as good as don't breathe. Okay. Tom, what you got? Saw a personal shopper mm-hmm. from my collection. Two Criterions I borrowed <laughs> from, from you. My collection. Not the Criterion collection. <laughs> my <Matt's> collection. collection. <laughs> my <laughs> own curated version of Criteria the collection. Criterion collection. <laughs> Criterion. Um, yeah, I liked it. I watched it. Uh, Sarah and I watched it with uh, another couple, some friends of ours. Nobody else liked it. It was mainly just me. Really? Yeah. They so thought it was kind of bad. Um, I can't remember exactly what they hated so much about it. Um, it's slow. Yeah, it was slow for sure. But Very. Um, Were they annoyed by the texting stuff? That did go on a little too long. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I like that stuff too. I was I was into it. Um, 
yeah, I, I thought it was a cool movie. I thought it was interesting. Um, definitely worth the watch. Uh, Kristen Stewart is good in it. She's really good in it. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton else to say about it. It's got this kind of creepy vibe to it. I could have used even a little creepier. Um, it's got a weird tone to the entire movie. Yeah, the whole movie is strange. I'm having a hard time kind of remembering how it ends, though. I think they had some complaints. This is that. an encounter with uh, with a ghost. Yeah, you see like a, a flickering. Oh, why is that? Right. Doesn't she like she moves at the end? Doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Every then, movie who wants to show a ghost does that like little like because it was in even in Suspiria. The yeah, little, that's like, what ghosts look like, flick- bro. You never seen a ghost before? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think yeah. I've seen a ghost, and it looked more human, like person-like, than a little flicker thing. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> so it has a line right at the end that is supposed to make you sort of rethink the movie a little bit. But while I wasn't like mad at the line or anything, I didn't really feel compelled to like ever watch the movie again and and think of it again from from this newfound uh, vantage point. Do you think it belongs in the Criterion Collection? Because I don't. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, I, I'd say it feels unique. So in that respect, sure. I, I've only seen it the one time, but I feel like this is one of those movies that might kind of reveal itself to me more. That I, you know, The more times yeah. I watch it. I think I didn't quite get everything it was trying to do on a, on a first watch mm-hmm. but i appreciated how strange uh and well you know well acted it was it looked cool i just i don't know if i got everything the movie was trying to do i definitely did not yeah but i i think if i if i watch it again <laughs> maybe i would yeah i i liked it i think people should i think people should check it out Great. if anything it will uh give you an opportunity to reevaluate kristen stewart if you haven't already, I know, she's, she's the real deal. She's good. She's great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I saw. Oh, shit. So it's up to you guys now. Oh, we did discover that we have not seen like the entire most recent season of Bob's Burgers. So we have like episodes mm. we've never even touched. Oh, shit. That we've been, we've been cruising through. On Hulu or? On Hulu. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. That's the best. Just... Love Bosburgers. So many wonderful moments to be to be had yet. <laughs> um, I watched uh, United ninety three for the first time. Nice, it's a nine eleven movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty. It is good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, is that a dramatization? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's um. It's pretty like super tense towards the end of the movie. I didn't love all the stuff leading up to it. It's kind of like a procedural docudrama. I mean, they're trying to do the Isn't realistic. It Greengrass? Yeah, it's Greengrass. He did what was it? Mile 20 22 July. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mile 22 July. <laughs> um yeah, so you know, it's a very like he uses a lot of non-actors. Uh so He's trying to make it realistic. Yeah, like the dramatization of like the start of the hijacking was was cool, but because they they kind of 
cut between what's happening on the plane and then what's happening like air traffic control and the NSA, like all, you know, kind of jumping between these different agencies and how they're handling the events of 9-11. You see video of the plane hitting the Twin Tower and it's all tied into the events of the day. Um, and that, that stuff was all good, but um, it was definitely at its best at the end when the, the hijacking really happens and it gets really tense on the plane and the people on the plane kind of formulate their plan to either crash the plane or take it back from the hijackers. That stuff was, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a little forced emotional stuff. So lots of, you know, people making phone calls like, I love you. Tell, tell Johnny's my, you know, like all of that kind of shit. Oh, come on. You know, just, like, it was good. You know, I enjoyed that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but they should have had real actors do it. <laughs> some of, yeah, not everyone's great in it. I, I get the point of doing the non actor thing, but, you know, they should I'm have sure had Sean Penn in there hey, hamming it up or something. If you don't have the talents to suspend my disbelief with people I already know, then These maybe just, you're in the wrong business. Hey, they're <laughs> actors. They're just Z listers, okay? So they're just average people. That's what you're saying. Layman. So average a, people with a dream. So I'm a Z-list actor. Well, we all yeah, are without a dream. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you'd been within a hundred miles of that studio, you might have gotten a shot. That's after true. Watching you in this shit, yeah, in this movie, might have gotten the lead. <laughs> One of the terrorists. <laughs> lead terrorist. Um, First chair terrorist. terrorist number one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save this one. Uh, I watched a documentary called Death by Metal, and it's a documentary about the death metal band Death. Mm. Um, it wasn't very good. Are you a huge fan of? I love Death. death. Yeah, it's about <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the the creative force behind Death is Chuck Schuldiner. Schuldiner. I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but. He was apparently very hard to work with, but he was the main creative force. Like every, every variation of death as a band was different because apparently he would fire musicians and, you know, people would quit and he was hard to work with. Um, but the filmmaking itself is kind of amateurish. It kind of seems like someone, uh, liked death a lot and they went to film school, but. You know, that's about it. Like, there's no, like, real chops there. They're just kind of making a documentary about death. It was good as a fan of the band and the man, but if you're not already familiar with the music of death, it's not worth watching because it's really not that interesting of a story if yeah. you're not already in, already invested in the story by virtue of being a fan. So Very niche Check audience. out Death, the band. But uh, documentary is not worth a watch if you're not already. So it's no Anvil. I never saw Anvil. Uh, yeah. You like Lamb of God? Probably not. No, I hate okay. Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the documentary about them or the lead singer and his well, he has some pretty fucked up stuff. Trial about like injuring that person that he yeah. pushed off stage. I, that was a really good documentary. But it might be one of those things where you might have to be a fan. Well, that sounds know. like a way more interesting Yeah, I story. feel like it is cuz like you go through his whole court case and how it affects him and the band and even like fans and all that, but it was really good. I think it's called Alice, the Palace's Burn or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. This movie Chuck is an interesting guy as a creative mind, but it's not that dramatic. 
Yeah. You know, he just like, you, you just really weren't getting my vision. So you're out of the band, bro. And then, you know, you're in my vision. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, you know, it was fine. Um, I got a couple other things, but Travis, I think I will only talk about a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt, I hate to say it, but I watched your birthday present. And I was oh, Dark Crystal. Not a fan. What? That movie is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come on, Jim Henson, dude. Where is your spirit of imagination? Well, I I'm not a huge fantasy guy, anyways. But like, I don't know. I I couldn't even follow this thing. It was like, it was pretty unwatchable. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think it might just not be my thing, but like, it's just a bunch of like puppet creatures running around making weird noises and the all powerful crystal. Like, (laughs) if you ask me the plot of this, like, don't even. uh, What are they? They're called scabies. What are anthos? I don't know. Turds. Turds. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Tom? No, I haven't actually. I've seen um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I've seen pieces of Labyrinth, but not Dark Crystal. I think Labyrinth might be the better movie, but I don't even really like Labyrinth that much. They're called Skeksis. No, Skeksis. Skeksis. Yes. Yeah. Now that I look at some stills, it looks pretty bad. I couldn't get into it. <laughs> I I tried. I went in with an open mind, but. Not, not for me. In all fairness, I haven't seen it since college, but I, I you know, it wasn't that long ago. I liked it. Fair enough. Well, it's one more thing that's going to sit on your shelf. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, uh, I'll still let you borrow it if you want to check it out. I do want to watch it. <laughs> You're going to have people who come over and they're like, oh, Dark Crystal, I love this movie. I haven't, let's watch this one. <laughs> they just ruin childhoods. <laughs> and then you'll just be like, no, I, I hate it i don't want to watch it i've had to watch it like six times in the last year because of people like you and because of fucking matt yeah fucking yeah, matt fucking matt uh, last thing i'll talk about is i watched Smokey and the bandit mm, i've never actually seen that <coughs> it's kind of fun it's a very it's a great time yeah it's a very light movie like i feel like you literally watch it for entertainment and that's about it <laughs> is burt reynolds Smokey or the bandit um i'm pretty sure he's bandit yeah <laughs> he's the bandit yeah <laughs> who's Smokey? what is Smokey? uh it's not the bear the a cop it might be the name of the car car i've never hmm. actually really thought about that what is <laughs> it's not um like isn't there a sheriff after him or something sheriff buford t justice Buford Justice. Oh, that's what that's from. Buford the, T. Justice. Okay. Most amazing name. What is that? That is from, the most amazing or name. What do you know that from? I'm just pop culture. Oh. Memes. Like uh, I totally forgot that Sally Field is in this. Yeah. And Jackie Gleason. So who the fuck is Smokey? I don't know. Am I you sp- just watched it. I I want to say it's the car. What's the What kind of car is it? Is it black? It's like gray? a Trans Am. Is it, is it gray? A black Trans Am. It is black? Yeah. Okay. I think it's a Trans Am. Maybe is it Bert, is it the, is it Burt Reynolds' car? Yeah. Oh well, okay. That's probably it then. Oh, Bandit's the name of the car. It's written on his driver's side door. Oh, oh no. shit! Burt Reynolds is Bo Bandit Darville. Never mind. So what the fuck is Smokey? If the car and the man are bandits, 
I only have one hand. Otherwise, I would. Google I watched it for the bandit, not the smoky. In smoky. <laughs> but anyways, got some good car stuff. Um, this guy fucking loves car stuff. But um, beyond that, <laughs> it's a pretty m- mediocre, just you know, little romp of a movie. Hmm. What early seventies, mid seventies, seventy seven, hmm, late seventies, wrong. It's on Amazon Prime if you're interested. Worth a watch? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was it wasn't bad, but I don't think I'd ever care to watch it again. If you're looking for something light and fun, throw her on. So I Googled Smoking the Bandit who is Smoky, and I still don't have an answer. <laughs> But well, I gotta say, it must be the car because there are multiple Smoking the Bandit. There's Smoking the Bandit two, Smoking the Bandit something something. So maybe he put his own name on the side of his car, but the car's actual name is Smokey. He's put Bandit on the side. Maybe. Hmm. <clears throat> really not that important, but life's biggest questions: <laughs> Who or what is Smokey? Well, we'll have to do some uh, some field research on this one and report back. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> well, while you guys are doing that, I watched Away We Go. Oh, it's Buford. Buford? He's smoking. So he's smoking. Okay. Got it. So it is the sheriff. Got it. Okay. <laughs> that Case closed. Um, I watched Away We Go, which is a Sam Mendes, Mendes film. Mm. Mean does. John, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Uh, what genre? Romantic cum-drum? cum <laughs> Sounds uh, romantic. Yeah, it was, it was a romantic comedy, I guess. I don't know. How's the chemistry? Eh, not the best. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like distracting or anything, but it's not like, uh, I also watched Ruby Sparks chemistry and that is much better mm. because they're also real life partners. So it makes sense. Right. Away mm. we go. It's a nice movie. Mm. Um, Matt loves it. He's constantly recommending it to me. Oh yeah. Oh, I was talking about away we go. Oh, right now I am. But I mentioned you're lucky that thing is empty there, bud. I know. It was empty. Could have just toasted the whole mixer. Oh man. <clears throat> <laughs> I was thinking about your table. I was not. <laughs> um, I knew it was empty. So away we go. It was uh, sporadically funny, sporadically interesting. Didn't look super great. It's not, not the prettiest movie. Um, essentially, it's this couple who are kind of traveling around the United States trying to find the next place they want to move because she's pregnant. Maya Rudolph is pregnant. Um, and they just visit friends. They go to Arizona. They go to something. Jim Gaffigan's remember. house, right? Is yeah, Jim Gaffigan there? is. Uh, <laughs> Maggie he's there. Gyllenhaal's. Maggie Gyllenhaal's in there. The supporting cast is pretty good. It just wasn't. It wasn't that interesting. It was. It was entertaining. It was a decent movie, but I don't know. You've seen this already? Yeah, when it came out, oh, I haven't okay. seen it. Two thousand nine, I think. Came out a while ago. It was okay. I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about it. Hmm. Um, and then the last thing I'll talk about is Overlord. 
Oh. Ah, I caught I up saw with it. it. Mm-hmm. That movie is awesome. Ugh. Tom, this is where we can agree on something. It's not like best of the year by any means, but I was super entertained. What? The whole way through. Oh, my God. There was a little bit of a lull in the middle, like when they're kind of just hanging out in the house yeah. before they kind of start the actual mission. Um, but that op- that opening sequence where they're trying to land on the beach was awesome. Um, I like the characters. Um, they're all they're you know not they're all pretty one dimensional, but there's some funny lines. Some of the gore stuff I thought was pretty good. Horrendous. It wasn't as um crazy as I thought it was going to be. The trailers make it seem like it's mm-hmm. this fucking off the wall bonkers yeah. like zombie Nazi yeah, man, killing thing. I wanted more to it. I wanted more too, but I still was entertained by what I got. It wasn't as like gonzo as I thought it was going to be, but it was still pretty entertaining. Like I thought it was like a well done, similar to how I felt about Widows. It was a well done on a technical level. Oh. I was entertained. Uh, I liked um, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. I liked him and the main guy too. He was solid. Uh, that French actress, whew, she's pretty. <laughs> I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but okay. So this movie or Predator, the Predator, yeah, the one that came out this year, Overlord. Overlord. Okay, cool. Yeah, just wanted. To make I sense. gave Overlord a four to five. I think. Okay, what'd you give Predator? Three, three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah, great movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I like. I know. Maybe I, I just saw it on the wrong day or something. No. No, no, it's not a good movie. Come over to the side, Travis. Got my, got my <laughs> Give it another over. chance. <laughs> Characters, bad. Plot, bad. Action, lackluster. What are you talking about? Lackluster. Dude, the fight scenes were pretty good towards the end. When no. like the super zombies. No. Dude, when he first takes they those good. those canisters no. and he stabs himself like three times, I was like, oh shit, what's going to happen? No. 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 <laughs> so <laughs> predictable. I mean, I just... Yeah, it was. It was predictable. Do you see him in the trailer? Don't you see that image in the trailer or no? Of like the dude with the mangled face? No. Okay. Uh-uh. You do see him, but prior, pre-mangling. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was just a screenshot I saw. I had a good time with it. I didn't love it. I saw it with Paris. Maybe next time we have Paris on the show, we can... She, she, I think, liked it a little bit less than me. I think she was probably closer to you guys. Um, yeah, I gave it a positive review. I liked it. I just was disappointed by it and thought it could have been a lot better. I think maybe maybe I had lowered my expectations because of you two. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's why. Because I was just going in like, eh, we'll see what happens. And I, I got Yeah, one of my buddies on Facebook was saying it was like one of the best movies of the year. And I was just like, oh, yeah, he is confirming everything <laughs> this movie's gonna be awesome and then it just wasn't was like uh what is it called bias reinforcement or something like that yeah. <laughs> you know what i wanted that movie to be is the newest doom video game but in film version with a world war ii setting oh my God. i like that i got some wolfenstein vibes from this thing yeah but i didn't you want it to be crazy. Nothing will be more fun yeah. than the newest Doom video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pinnacle. I mean, you're not wrong. Oh, man. That was a ton of fun. But the whole tone, you know, like I wanted some heavy metal guitars going. Yeah, there's no ACDC in the movie. Just the trailer. Need a little bit more Fury Road in it. Yeah. Yeah. God, anything. Yeah. 
Oh, that's another one that Best Buy had on sale, but Amazon didn't. I uh, wanted Fury Road on 4K. I don't own it uh, at all. I wanted, yeah, I wanted the 4K. I'm being very reluctant to double dip on 4Ks that I already own of Blu-ray. Oh well, there's so many or other else movies. I would, it would be bad, bad times at the uh, Paul's house <laughs> <laughs> at the Paul Royale because yeah, like the Revenant would be awesome. Like all of Nolan's movies would be awesome, but I just I don't know. Is it worth the upgrade? Just don't don't do it until you've already bought like all the 4Ks, and then you're like, well, I'm running out of shit to buy. Do yeah. I upgrade? I'll wait till they're like guys, four dollar bargain bin. You guys 4Ks. just need to come over to this lifestyle where the only movies you own are the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Do you ever watch those? Yeah, sometimes once a year. I used to watch them at least once a year. Mm. I haven't watched them probably for a couple of years. Extended cut only? Yes. Yeah, it's a bummer. I have I have the same thing. Yeah. I like the extended cut, but it's like 13 hours. Like That's great. That's too much. That's yeah, too much time. You've seen them so many times. You just put them on and you watch them over the course of like a week. It makes Not your whole week better. when your girlfriend has never seen them and you have to try to convince her to watch 13 hours oh, of The Lord of the Rings. Those what? are definitely due. Did she read them? Watch. No, oh, of course not. She would have read them, or she would have watched them. That's Tom's sacred text over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the Holy Bible. Dude, hey, everything you need to know about life is. <laughs> I learned from Lord the of the Rings. Are you going to be able to make a top ten this year? I feel like you don't really like movies. Yeah, it's going to be a weird <laughs> top ten. <laughs> no, I'm kind of kidding, but also no, I'm kind of serious. serious. Yeah. Like it's been a weird ass year. I'm going to have the weirdest top 10. Can't wait. Do you have a clear number one? No. I have a three-way tie right Mm. now. Suspiria. Hereditary. Hereditary. And what was that other bullshit? A Star is Born. Yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not bullshit. No, no, no. That's that's fair. It's not fair. fair. It's a monumental attraction (laughs) moment in Mm -mm. film history. What? <laughs> a star was born. It was an experience. It was the experience of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Jesus. All right. Save it for uh, the end of the year pod. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I mean, that's just where it is right now. But Well, it's not going to Lots of good stuff. No. Think. Oh, it'll be top 10 for sure. Okay. Probably top five. <laughs> I mean, chances are it's going to be top five. Oh, yeah. Oh, almost definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh. One other thing I'll mention real quick. I watched the show Forever, Amazon original. Maya Rudolph, mm-hmm. Fred Armisen. I liked it. It's like one of my favorites or anything, but it was solid. And it's only eight episodes. It's They're short. The show keeps coming up. People keep asking us if we've seen Forever. It's good. Is it's, it um, what was that? Catastrophe? Have you seen that? With Catastrophe? I have not. Catastrophe. That's a, that's is a good show. Hilarious. You should watch that. Matt, too much you TV. would really like Catastrophe. No, I, I, don't think have time. You, I think you you and Haley would eat it up. I haven't even <laughs> finished Hill House yet. Oh, man. I still have two episodes of Hill House. That I shows still have three episodes of Ozark. There is. <laughs> yeah, you've been watching that for a while now. You well, I blew through stalled it. on it. I blew through it, and then I stalled when Red Dead came out. Ah, yes. TV, it's just, there's too much. That's oh, why I try and stay away. started up. So it's just like my time. Right. It's just so sporadic now. So what's uh, Blazer's uh, Power Minute? Let's go. Dude, they had a really bad road trip. 
Oh, no. Really bad. I think they're still probably top four or five in the West records-wise, but it's also close right now. How deep are we in the season? season? Quarter of the way. So a lot of time left. Oh, yeah. Nothing's been decided yet. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, And if you look at their whole record, they look good. But, man, they got blown out back-to-back games. It was just this whole thing. It was really disappointing. They played a night. We'll see. Gonna watch it? happens. I don't know. Yeah, who cares, right? Red Dead. I'll probably put it on. I'll put it on. I've watched all but like two of the games. Yeah, just season. have it on in the background and then you play Red Dead. That requires a whole thing. That requires me having a monopoly of all the screens in the house. Sometimes that's what it takes. Plus, I like to be, <laughs> to able, be, able, entertained. To like to be able to hear <laughs> both of them. Right, yeah, that is tough. You got to find a game that doesn't require audio, mm-hmm. like a, a racing game, maybe a sports game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you can get away with it then. But yeah. it's tough, tough life, tough personal shit. problems. Yeah, like not even just first world, but like <laughs> first half of the first world. <laughs> um, I think that's it for me. Does anybody else have anything uh, they want to contribute before we wrap her up? Um, I don't think anything interesting, at least. No. I did listen to a good podcast. Anybody out there likes Malcolm Gladwell? He's doing a music series with Rick Rubin. Uh, first episode is out. You get to listen oh, to Rick Rubin talk about whatever. Consequence cool. of Sound was pimping or no? What do you mean? Um, well, I don't know. I think Consequence of Sound is starting a new podcast where they like talk about the best albums of all time. Oh. This is different. This is different. Okay. Yeah. This is just Malcolm Gladwell's thing. I don't even know who that is. Okay. The tipping point. That's him, right? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I think so. He also did uh, Outliers. Is that Malcolm Gladwell? Don't know what that is. He's a writer. Okay. Yeah. He's Canadian. That's all you need to know. Uh, just if you know him you know him his writing is all over the place he does he does his own podcast that i love i think it's one of the best podcasts out there and what's that revisionist history Mm. what's the name of the new one i can't remember revisionist music history he'll come up rick rubin's cool though yeah sure i don't know who that it's a producer produced engineer like Mm. probably 20 albums that you know and love oh Oh, more than 20 dude rick rubin that guy is all over he needs to produce our podcast mainstream music get us up there in the charts (laughs) if we had him on as a guest (laughs) probably skyrocket yeah let's get rick rubin on here oh yeah the music guy to talk about movies (laughs) (laughs) music and film what would be what would be the biggest get we could possibly get Hmm. who tom cruise no, we like, can we can get. That we higher. can actually get. No, f- oh. no. <laughs> what if, what that would be the got... most boring conversation no. ever. What if we got Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in the Ooh. same episode? Oh shit! And we time traveled to 2000. No, we just like we ambush them. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hear the story. Let's hash it out. The biggest get. Hmm. Who's the biggest name in film? The Rock? In film. Oh, dude. If we got The Rock on the show, <laughs> we could talk hey. wrestling. We could talk movies. That's true. Ballers. <laughs> we should have just gotten the ballers. cast of Jumanji on here. Oh, 
my god. Nah, Kevin Hart sucks. He's not welcome here. <laughs> Dude, what? Jack Black, though. Anytime. Jack Black, if you're listening, hey, you have a couple years. Invitation. John Cena. Because he'll be washed up by then? Or? No, he's going to be huge. As big as The Rock? Years. Oh, yeah. Dude, John Cena has been around almost as long as yeah, The Rock. Yeah, he already crusted. I'm, I'm kidding. But he is in the new Bumblebee, and I had no Which idea. Which looks dope. He looks bad. Does not. In it. For the I record, <laughs> most anticipated film of the year, Bumblebee. No. Is, this, is it coming out this year? Mm-hmm. Oh. Christmas. It is not your most anticipated. Don't even lie. Oh, let's talk about Aquaman real quick. No one cares. The 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 marketing <laughs> hype train is going. I see a commercial every 30 seconds. Yeah. That movie looks awful. I feel like when no one I cares. Watch a it looks stupid. in a theater and it ends, I hear the people around me laughing. <laughs> so I know that nobody wants to see it. Yeah. It's going to be a bomb. I know. I don't know. I feel kind of bad for it and DC. Just how everyone is just like I don't drinking their Starbucks, aka Marvel over here. They're making far superior films. I know. People. Wonder Woman was a great movie. People mm-hmm. came out to see it. If it's word true. of mouth is good, people will see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know what they're doing then. Hiring the wrong people. I mean, I think the buzz around Aquaman is generally pretty positive. Like, oh, really? Some of the early. Uh, Mm. Like the early screenings. I feel like no one cares about that movie. It looks dumb. I don't think anybody cares about Aquaman. Yeah, because yeah, Aquaman sucks. Yeah. Who he, likes Aquaman? He has to be in the ocean. You know? Yeah. Are you guys huge? Um, no. Whatever his face no. is. Huge whatever his whole, face? I, hold, I hate the whole Jason oh, Momoa, Momoa? craze. Yeah. Okay. No. Why is there even a craze? He was called hot? Drago. He was in one season of Game of Thrones, and that's it. You don't think he's hot? Who cares? No, not... Mm. I mean, he's hunky. Little, he's huge. A That's too it. beastly. He's no Ryan Gosling. Yeah, those those beefcakes. Yeah, too much man for me. <laughs> I get it. Just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Well. All right. Should we call it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Let's um. Real quick though. Are we gonna tease next? We're gonna episode? tease. Teaser. Zip that zipper, bro. Oh, yeah, baby. Wait for our special <laughs> guest. So, our next episode is going to be our 50th episode of the show. Martin Scorsese will be MC. Yeah, he will be present. <laughs> we got The Rock. We got Cena. We got them all. This is a, we're pivoting into a WWE history show. So, Mankind's going to be right. here. The Dudley Brothers. Jennifer Lawrence. Dudley Bros. We gotta get Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> She's gonna be here. Yeah, just just cause we'll save we Stone her. Cold for episode hundred. <laughs> um we like brackets on this show. They're pretty so fun. We have decided that we are going to do the Cinephiles Digest Tournament of Champions, if you will. Steal a term from Jeopardy. Journey time. We're gonna be pitting um most of the films that we have reviewed on this show. It's a bit of a curated list. We're doing a 64 entry bracket. We normally do 16, so this is going to be Hold huge. on to your butts. <laughs> it's going to be long. <laughs> I feel like most of them will probably just be like, agreed, move on. You know what I mean? Just odds are. Because we've we'll reviewed, we reviewed we'll some really they, uh, good stuff. Because it's going to be random. It's going to be random seeds. Totally random. It's just going to suck when somebody has their one... I you know, know, they're one horse that they want to at least. Make I hope the you guys eight. have to kill your darlings early on. Yeah, right. And then well, good, we can, good time sneaks in. We can <laughs> yeah. es- we can establish the rules more firmly <laughs> before we record, but we'll have to figure something out. Because if we get down in the trenches on a sixty-four rules? entry bracket, I just mean like we should proceed each matchup. We just vote 
and then if if it's a if it's a unanimous vote, we just move on. Mm. Or if you feel like you want to speak a piece, you can. Mm. But for the most part, yeah, I'm sure most of the matchups will be pretty. It'll be pretty clear, I yeah. think, because we've reviewed a lot of movies on the show. We've been doing this for almost two years now. Yeah, I I think this bracket will be fun because it's a large bracket and we should all be pretty fresh on all of the movies. It's also a good mix of, you know, we've all we all have films that we have championed at various points in our show's history, so we'll see what happens. Thor Ragnarok, who knows? Moonlight. I know there's, there's not two of me, so that thing's probably going to go pretty far. I <laughs> <laughs> think it'll be out in the first round. So we will see. Maybe it'll be up against uh I need some favorable matchups to have any chance in this. One of my weird ass picks. And I will be plotting. The Wailing? Just to (laughs) fair warn you, I will be plotting. Oh, this is going to be politicking. Oh, yeah. Hold up. What, are you going to see the bracket beforehand? No, 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 no. No, No, like... (laughs) I can pick everything. Oh, I just put it in a random generator, (laughs) but... Like, I'll look ahead in the draft or in the bracket and think what... What movie will have a better You're not gonna have chance time. to lose? But we're gonna be cruising oh, through no, I'm so gonna be fast. Over Matt's shoulder, just sweating. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll also probably have a review or two. I don't want. We shouldn't go too crazy, but you know, maybe Creed two. I don't know. I've definitely nah. seen that this week in Dolby. It's gonna be huge. Creed two. What else is coming up? A lot of it is like end of December. Green Book. Mean, yeah, I'll when watch is the that. Favorite come to Seattle. Oh, if the favorite, that's got to be oh. it's supposed to be out already, I think, right? No, I don't think it's going to hit us. No, like it's Christmas. probably Christmas. It's uh, New York and L.A. about now. I might go see an early screening of that in Houston at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, shit, really? That will be huge. Dude. We'll see. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll have something. We'll have some movie that we're going to review, but bracket. The main Get event. on board. It's going to be huge. All right. Right on. That'll do it for this one. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Send an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back with our 50th episode. Thank you. Toodles. Toodles.